0: Welcome to the Before the Stage podcast. This is a podcast where we go behind the scenes of the classical music industry to see what an artist's life is before the stage. Right, everyone welcome back to the show I'm so excited to have Anne-Sophie Beranger on the show today she has like quite the Instagram is a teacher based in London and I just want her to introduce herself it's so great to have you on the show today
1: yeah thank you for having me it's a pleasure I'm really glad to do that so yes as you said my name is Anne-Sophie Beranger I'm a violinist Uh, or at least pre-COVID, I guess. Uh, (laughs) And I'm mainly a music teacher. Uh, Most of my time goes into music teaching in the primary phase. So it is preparatory in America, I believe, something like that. (laughs) So with the little ones, basically. So from nursery to 11 years old-ish. I teach a lot privately as well. And uh, yeah, I started an Instagram journey. I I wanted to say not so long ago, but it's been a little while now, almost a year so yeah <laughs> time flies
0: and that's how we met like you, we met through instagram i don't know who started the conversation first but we just um connected through there yeah
1: i, I, I can't remember but i just yeah you <laughs> just hooked up and we started talking
0: yeah it was it was great and we like talked one time like we've talked on zoom and a lot on instagram i'm always asking you for fashion tips <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um she has a very good style in case anyone wants to check out her instagram for <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So I wanted you to talk about your musical journey and kind of to where you are now being a teacher. Uh, I'm actually the only musician in my family. So I don't know where I got it from.
1: I have no idea what happened. Um, But yes, my parents were always very open minded in what we wanted to do. So they were open for uh, because I have two siblings. So that's why I'm saying with us. Um, So they just let us do uh, whatever we wanted as a side activities next to school, let's say. So they tried music for both my older siblings and myself. Didn't quite work out with uh, the two boys, but uh, he did work with me. So I started playing the violin at five. Don't ask me why the violin. I have no clue. If I listen to my mom, uh, apparently I fell with the instruments uh, in Paris watching a street musician playing the violin very badly. I don't know if the story is true. (laughs) Uh, It's very poetic. Nonetheless, uh, is it true? Mm, I'm not sure, Um, but let's say that that is very poetic. Let's keep that. Uh, So I decided to go for the violin. Um, So I did most of my um, studies pre-uni in Monaco where well, I had two fantastic teachers, then obviously got my A-level, so I don't know what they call in America, but when you finish high school, I did one year where I took a gap year to study privately with Maria Nick Nicola, uh, who is a, a very famous French violinist who studied with Oistre and other huge names of the violin. And I got into her class in the Geneva Conservatory, uh, so one year later, where I did my bachelor. Then I took another gap here because that's what I enjoy doing visibly, and I took private lessons with one of her students, uh, a French uh, violinist called Philippe Honoré, so I I stayed in the hierarchy of French people, Um, and uh, so I took lessons privately with him, and I entered his class at the Royal Academy of Music in uh, 2015 now. Well, I did a master's for two years and I graduated in 2017. So it's already four years now, which is not making me look any younger. (laughs) That's bad. I was like, oh, it's not so long ago that I finished my master's. But actually, yes, it starts to be a a little longer.
0: (laughs) I guess I've never heard you talk about your whole um, musical journey and story. And I know so many friends that took gap years and they never regretted it. They were like, that was the best. Thing I ever did. I don't know. How did you feel about taking gap years? Actually, I've got quite lucky
1: in the sense that um, at school, I don't know if that's something that is possible in any other countries. To be fair, actually, but I skipped some years uh, because I was getting bored at school uh, very quickly. So I uh, made <laughs> numerous psychologists, etc., they decided to just make me uh, skip some year groups. Uh, so that made me end up with my A levels at age 16 so actually I finished my master's the normal age uh, because if I hadn't taken those two year gaps I would have finished at age 21 and I don't really know what I would have done at age 21 with a master's in my pocket be like here I am. <laughs> I mean, not that I knew at 23, but it didn't really change anything, but still. So, so, yeah, it was actually a good idea because I did have that time in front of me because I, I was so young that it was not causing any sort of problem. It's not as if you, you're speaking, oh, yeah, I'm 27, just finishing some studies, taking gap year. I can start to feel a bit um, of a, like a burden on your shoulders. But as I got this luck of being quite young, I was just like, it won't change anything to my life. So yeah, I enjoyed it. And I mean, I was still doing a lot. I mean, I I was just going privately with those teachers, preparing the auditions the best I could. That was the, the main goal. Uh, and yeah, once again, super grateful for mom and dad. <laughs> Hello, if you would be watching that eventually one day. Because yeah, that that wouldn't have been happening without my parents' support, like both financially and just being behind me to, to allow it. So so yeah, very grateful for that, definitely.
0: Yeah, family support and like pursuing a career in music means so much. Like I'm so grateful for mine too and all of their none of them are musical as well like my immediate family my grandma does play piano she was very intense with it it was I always like to ask her questions and be like so what did you like learn and she's like oh my gosh and I could see the the musician like that was (laughs) a time in my life (laughs) all those etudes and I was like okay (laughs) you
1: relate I mean my parents he wasn't a win at first because my brothers did very classic studies going into uh, science and politics kind of studies, et cetera. So when I said, I want to do the filing, they were like, "Uh, what? (laughs) So yeah, they were absolutely terrified, but there's a point where I think they just gave up because I'm stubborn and that I knew that it was what I wanted to do so yeah. they were just like you know what we're going to be behind you because we don't have the choice you won't do anything yet so <laughs> let's dive in and, and let's see what happens but
0: I think they're not regretting it now so that's good <laughs> no that's so beautiful um and then you started your Instagram kind of how like last year we, like, we met in the fall of last year, I think, through Instagram. I think so, yeah. I, I think, if, I,
1: if I'm not mistaken, the very first post is dated of the end of May, like very end of May, yeah. maybe first day of June. But, I mean, at first I was just like, posting total random things. Like To tell you, at the beginning, I thought of doing a fashion account, but very quickly I thought, I'm not really buying clothes, actually. <laughs> I don't have the budget to buy clothes every week to do outfits. And uh, yeah, it just shifted to a violin account. But first, I was not doing anything. I was just posting and being like, mm, I'm not even putting a hashtag. So anything, I'm just like, it's okay. It's fine. It's out there
0: at least.
1: <laughs> but yeah, started in the most ridiculous way possible.
0: Yeah. No, it was so cool. Because I remember... <laughs> You like started like some of my photos and I was like, who who's this? Like <laughs> and I wasn't really engaging that much with people yet through my profile. And so like I think you liked like a few of my photos and I was like, okay, I'll go finally check out who this person is. And then I think you followed me or something. And I was like, okay, I'll follow you back. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that whole thing and then i started i think it was like later in the fall i started being like you know what i'm going to actually start reaching out to people and engaging more that's when i think your account started taking off and you started your um your series which do you want to talk about that a little bit
1: yeah sure um so the series actually i can't even remember when i launched it to be fair it's horrible
0: I should have done my homework. So I, have no clue. I don't remember Just either. Not- either so.
1: oh God, I'm not good at math either. So, we, we've done the first season of 17 episodes. So, that would be 17 weeks plus 10, uh, 27 weeks back. Let's do the maps. I don't know when that brings us, but sometime near that. But yeah, I believe it, it, it must have been around November, maybe, or October, October some, some time there. The idea has been born for a very long time, uh, Grace to my brother because uh, we were talking about that, where was it? Maybe three years ago now, uh, he came to visit me in London and we were just chilling in the sun next to the river Thames and we were speaking about how I could do more on the violin side of things because I had just started my job. And uh, I thought it was a bit of a shame to put the violin down completely because I was exhausted the first year of teaching, I was just absolutely dead. (laughs) I didn't understand what happened to me, so practicing, was a rare occurrence. And so like, yeah, but you know, I mean, come on, you, you can talk, you talk both English and French, you, you should open a YouTube or an Instagram, blah, blah. I was like, me on Instagram, right? are, are, are you kidding me? Like, yes, I'm going to be an Instagrammer. And I was just joking about this. Like, yeah, but look, like, people like me who don't know anything about classical music, if you were doing quick fire facts, blah, blah, blah. And it just, I mean, yeah, I can't take a, any, any benefit from it. It's all my brother, so thank you, brother. Um, yeah, it's all to him because I was like, oh, maybe he's right. Maybe some people would actually be interested in it. But um, still opening my page, I wasn't sure that it would be something that people actually um, would enjoy. And I just remember doing this uh, poll on Instagram. I think that was the first one that I ever did. I, I had to Google it because I didn't even know that it was in the story. But like, that's how good of a tech technician I am, Like, that's to tell you. And uh, it was, yeah, it was a hundred person and I had like 500 people voting for it while I didn't even have 3K at the at that time or something. So I was like, oh wow. So people really do want to know and learn more about the pieces. And so far, it's been a great success. I mean, maybe people will get bored with it. I, I hope not because I really enjoy doing it. So far, it's been great and it really kicks my bottom to practice way more. Like that, that's the motivation that I found from it is just as I need to deliver, it is motivating me to both explore uh, way more repertoire, sometimes pieces that I wouldn't have picked, to be
0: fair. And second of all, just to have a regular practice. So that's awesome. And I think the whole audience that you have through your account really enjoys um, those videos <laughs> and the facts. And I've learned things from them, even though I have like two degrees of <laughs> music. Like I, I think there was one... Like you had a woman composer a little while ago, and I was like, "What is this piece?" and <laughs> and so it's like teaching me some music that I haven't even looked at. So I found it really great.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, to be honest, they say every day is a school day. But actually, doing the research for those facts, it does happen. I mean, um, yeah, the woman the woman the, the composer was Bashevich. I had heard of her, but I had no idea exactly what she what she's done. So having to do the research for it, I found it absolutely. Like, so interesting and the contrast that there were in her pieces as well depending on when they have been composed it, she just explored so many techniques of composition and the the evolution of her writing skills were, were crazy and the other one that left me absolutely flabbergasted it was uh the lalo and tchaikovsky relationship yeah like, what now wait a minute how come i never learned from that like it seems so Huge, it was a bomb fell into my head. I was like, how come n- nobody ever told me that? Like, I-, I thought that he was absolutely crazy. Like, they-, they-, they communicated. I was like, what? <laughs> and, uh, to be fair, I think I didn't even realize that Lalo was alive at the same point of Tchaikovsky. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I mean, I, like, in my head, yeah, I, I told think that he even-, even crossed my mind. So I was like, what? Mind blown? Crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, I learned a lot from it so I- as <laughs> well.
0: Yeah, I I think I had read it a few days ago because I'm studying Lalo right now, and I was like reading that fact, and I was like, wait, Tchaikovsky was inspired by Lalo? I was like, Whoa, what? What? <laughs> and I also was like, you, like I didn't know they lived at the same time.
1: <laughs> right. I don't know. There's some composers like that when you actually read about it, and then you realize that they were, they were all alive at the same time. You are know? like. Huh? <laughs> really? It seems. Yeah, it seems so crazy, but uh, it's super interesting,
0: definitely. Yeah, it is so fascinating. So I have really enjoyed watching your videos. Like I'm always excited when they come out. Thank you. <laughs> Enjoying um your little um your five facts about those composers. So do you have any I guess tips for people starting like an Instagram page or sharing stuff on social media from? Your now, experience. with the the
1: small background <laughs> that I have, I would say first advice is not to be scared of just putting yourself out there. Because, I mean, that's the thing that just uh, held me back for the longest time. I was like, who's going to want to follow me? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, so that was the first thing. The second thing that I was absolutely terrified about was to post... Um, I mean, that's yeah, it's a bad judgment of myself, but a mediocre violin playing. If ever, it was not... Um, to the point of being stage ready. Um, I was like, I can't put that out there. I mean, I had so many teachers telling me, be careful what you put on the internet. It can destroy your career, blah, blah, blah. So that was the second point. So don't be scared of just playing out of tune. I do that three times a week on Instagram and I'm not dead yet. So we are all good. Um, And then on the more more technique side of it, uh, I would say hashtags, uh, but being careful with them, because I discovered recently that apparently you can get shadow banned, and I think that it's still going for me. Um, so if you use the same ones constantly, like don't copy paste them uh, in your in your little caption, because eventually Instagram will be like, that. that is suspicious. We're going to ban you. Uh, for reasons that I ignore, it just doesn't make sense, especially when we are such in a specific niche. Uh, what am I supposed to describe my instrument as? I mean, I joked with you by DM. I remember being like, wooden box with four strings that makes noise. Um, yes, maybe <laughs> does, that, does that work. I don't know. Um, that And the most important is just engaging with your audience, exactly what you were saying. I know that at first I was really struggling to do that, especially that obviously you have a very small percentage of <laughs> male people that can be quite annoying or sticking to you (laughs) like a fly on those glue traps. But they also happen to appreciate the content and to be the one commenting and liking and helping your page to grow. And at the end, uh, I never really had a super bad experience. If you dig a tiny bit, they're all lovely people. When you think about it, they're all here because they, they enjoy rather just music in general or they enjoy your personality. So it doesn't take too much to rather, if you really don't have time, just double tap the message or just say hi back. You know, sometimes I just have people telling me, oh, I just hope you're okay. So I'm just saying, yeah, I hope you're okay. Take care. And But I think that it does make a huge difference. Uh, and it's just important to remind yourself that they're actually actual human. I, I, I still struggle, especially that I'm growing more and more, sometimes it's like, there are actually living entities behind the screen, you know, about that I'm like, what? Like, really, that they have a brain, they have a soul, they have feelings. So just be patient with some people. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're, at the end of the day, they're, they're all the supporters and they're all what, what makes your page grow and make it happen because otherwise you wouldn't have an audience or it would be like going to a concert in an empty hall. Uh, I mean, which is happening quite often nowadays, which is very sad, but uh, yeah, for for me, the comparison would be that it would be, you have the best hall in the world, but with nobody to listen to you. So engaging and yeah, I I mean, for me personally, it was really not fearing being a bit cringy and ridiculous. There are still times where I'm struggling And where I post a story and two seconds after, I'm like, oh, my God, I did not. But (laughs) once again, I'm still here. I'm still alive. So that's good. But, yeah, so to sum up, not fearing putting yourself out there. Whatever you play, however you play, it's fine. Second, finding a niche. So sticking to it, like if you like fitness, fashion and piano, uh, stick to one. I don't think, I mean, Obviously, I mix a bit of fashion, but that's one story a day during weekdays. I don't speak really uh, about it, so I would say like really try to niche your interest, mm-hmm. uh, engage with the people rather in comments or in DM if you don't like it being exposed, and yeah, just share who you are. Like don't try to create a whole persona. Uh, just be yourself. Do you have the same slogan in, uh, for McDonald's in America? Uh, we, in French, we used to have like, just come as you are. So I don't know if you had it in the States as well. <laughs> yeah, no, we have
0: that saying here. Come as yeah, you are. Exactly. So
1: the, I, I think that, that that works for Instagram as well.
0: <laughs> and I think the people that really just um, come as they are onto their pages, everyone is way more attracted to that because they're being more authentic and they're not being so like, perfectly curated on their feed so you see more of the humanity behind them
1: yeah absolutely I mean I remember having like it was more younger girls because I think that my percentage is more uh, like 20 30s most of them but it was younger girls when I started just putting like random stories with no makeup on or after work I mean for me it didn't even cross my mind that I didn't have any makeup up. and I was just say that's my face I deal with it but people will be like oh that's so good that you're showing yourself without makeup uh, is that such a good example I was like, "I mean that's my face I'm not going to put a lipstick on or mascara to do a 10 second story of me saying oh that is Jack my cat oh, look at my cat like no <laughs> <laughs> you know but yeah I realized that it's all those little details that actually make you more relatable And as you said uh, very nicely,
0: yeah, it does. That's what people are attracted to, so it, it does work. So I want you to talk a little bit about you know being a teacher and this you know working with your students. And I know it's something that you hold really dear to your heart. So could you kind of just share about things you love about teaching? I started teaching
1: quite young as the assistant of my violin teacher in Monaco. So I was 15, 14, 15. And I just took on some of his students privately uh, that he didn't want to deal with, (laughs) to be fair. But they they actually had a lot of potential that my teacher didn't recognize, but that's fine. Um, So yeah, I started that, uh, which just led me to have several private lessons in Monaco. Did the same thing in Geneva. So that was just specifically violin. Uh, Geneva, same thing, just <laughs> to earn a bit of money next to my studies, then same thing um, in London. Um, I need to be honest, I would have never imagined that I would have ended up in the primary school state setting. Um just because I didn't know how it was working in the UK, even though I've been living there for ages, I just didn't know exactly because in France we have school and music doesn't really happen into school. You go to the conservatoire, even though it's not a uni converse, a conservatoire, uh, it's like your Wednesday afternoon, if you want to do music, you go play your oboe at the conservatoire, the music, has, the, music the school has nothing to do with that. And I discovered that in the UK, actually, the whole kind of education I received in the conservatoire happens into school. Obviously, it is more... Uh, enlarged and less uh, less of a niche of like perfect music theory etc for you to become a better instrumentist so it's more about discovering different genres and just explore uh, music in its all but i found the, the idea really exciting and i thought you know what? i've been teaching violin for ages i don't see why i wouldn't be able to teach music in a more general way term um so I started applying for those kind of jobs and it wasn't a win at first because as anything in life I have an unconventional path for that kind of career that means that I don't have a teaching diploma uh, technically I'm not a qualified teacher here in the UK but thankfully my current job uh, gave me the fantastic opportunity to just learn on the go uh, so yeah the first day uh, in front of 30 kids in the classroom is terrifying and uh, certainly i happen to be a bit frozen at times and um, you you don't know the kids can be terrifying <laughs> oh <laughs> like no 30, they can. <laughs> yeah 30 <laughs> pair of eyes waiting for you to say something you're like uh, uh, okay <laughs> but it's okay now i got I, I got in it and um yeah i think especially in the area that, I'm, that i am now uh, it is unfortunately quite i mean the area. Some of our kids come from a very rough background and never had access to any sort of uh, music education. So just the fact that I can bring that in the culture and even open their mind a tiny teeny bit, it makes such a huge difference deep deep down in my heart. I'm like, at least I would have done my part of this job, rather you like it or not, rather they enjoy music or that they prefer math or PE, fair enough, I don't care, but at least I know that they would have been exposed to to that. I think the best uh, experience that I had so far as a teacher it was bringing some year five. So that is, uh, they are what? They are 10 years old, nine, 10 years old at that time. And it was their first classical uh, concert ever by the LSOs, the, so the London Symphonic Orchestra, doing an educational concert. And all the things that I've been teaching in the classroom like, about instruments and finally seeing them in real life, they were all. With the jaw drop being like, but that's so big, that sounds so loud, and I play it all together. And I was like, yes, that's what I've been telling you about. It's not boring. <laughs> I swear, I'm not that excited for nothing. And it just changed them. Like, the next year, in year six, they were also eager to learn more about the instruments and know which one was making the most sound. And you can imagine all the boys obviously going for like French horns <laughs> and that kind of stuff, obviously. <laughs> um and yeah i mean it was just like oh that that's what i wanted to do like make that kind of difference and another thing that have been so funny is that we organized a music week where i had a lot of external music providers coming into school um uh, one was uh harry my partner so he came to do some piano i had the guitar teacher uh come in doing all about guitar and about violin and the next year we had a waiting list of over 100 kids wanting to pick up violin and guitar like What and it was just so awesome because like see you could do it as well. It's not like doesn't matter where you come from, uh, how you're being raised, your culture. You you can do it. It's for anybody. And yeah, that that was super rewarding. And that's I think that's what I like the most about teaching. It's not only that oh that I'm sharing my knowledge. It's just I want to make them feel how I felt as a five years old discovering music for the first time. I was like oh I enjoy that. That is fun. And I I want them to tell the same feeling. You know, like I'm having fun. And that's what it should be about. Then if they want to pick up an instrument and become professional, good luck. But uh, at least they will have, <laughs> it's true, but they will have, yeah, been exposed. And I hope that they will remember Miss B and be like, oh, I had a cool music teacher in private school. That, that's my aim, at least.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's incredible. Just exposing them to the world of classical music in such a, an approachable way. Mm. Exposing that them to classical music in an approachable way. And I guess, um, yeah, I've done some of those like artist outreach. Um, I think we call them teaching artists here in the States. I don't know if you call it that over there, but that's our name for like, if you go (laughs) and present in like a school or something. And, you know, I did a few of those, um, in my undergrad, we had a quartet that was like super passionate about doing presentations like that. And it was, Always so profound to hear all these kids that they will have like at some point, because in the States, we have um, like general music starts in like fourth grade here in our system and exposing them. I think it was like a few years before that we were going in. So it was like the elementary and they were all like so fascinated with like this quartet and we did like kind of a little skit with it. And it was just, it was really enjoyable for me because I'd also done that with like some theater stuff before and kids just like. They get so inspired so quickly.
1: (laughs) Definitely. And it's also, they have so many ideas. I mean, I remember... So I played for them a tiny bit of Bar and Sibelius. And I was just like, you know, it's the violin. It's one of the biggest violin concerto. But I just asked them all. So it was a full school assembly. So there was 400 pupils in front of me. So first of all, I, I was pooping myself. I was like, even though they're children, I was like, oh, like, they know that I'm playing the violin. I need to do it properly now. Because I had my colleagues and stuff. It was the first time that everybody was actually hearing me as a Miss B concert violinist and not just like Miss B music teacher. So I was like, OK, I need to actually get it done it was the beginning of Sibelius Concerto. Uh, And I just asked them, like, close your eyes and I want a full story map after that. It can be anything you want, there there is no rule. So first of all, when you say there is no rule to a child, first first they feel fear, they're like, where where is the trap? (laughs) how how is it that I'm allowed anything? Uh, And I told them, that's what music is about. You can create your own story. As soon as you are conveying emotions and something, it, it will show. And uh, yeah, I had a lot of things. I did have some snowmen. I was like, oh, that, that's good. We we, we love that. Uh, I think I had one that was a bit more sinister of someone w- walking towards a cliff and just falling. I was like, okay, why not? Oh but, yeah, yeah. We, we, we had a range from cuteness to dark side. But that was so interesting because they they all created so many images in their head in a piece that is not that you would think wouldn't be that accessible, uh, especially for a, a re- an age range of uh, four years old to 11 years old. But all of them just played the game and they're like, oh, we liked it. So maybe there's a bit on top of like, oh, it's my teacher playing it, you know, and be like, oh, yeah, Miss is a violinist. But still, I mean, uh, it was awesome just to to see them so inspired. But then I did get a bit cross with them because we had chamber music afternoon and I had coached them before. It was with Key Stage 2, so the older children about like trio, sonata, quartet. And I had one for the last quiz of the week telling me that the quartet was a squad. And I was like, like, okay. And obviously the head teacher decided to walk just now. It's a squad. We are not in Fortnite. Remember, (laughs) Music, not Fortnite. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it is hilarious for that as well.
0: (laughs) I mean, some quartets kind of act like a little... <laughs> the squad yeah
1: them. but that is still not the, the not the term name <laughs> that you would give to the trumpet music group <laughs>
0: <laughs> that'd be really entertaining the squad <laughs> the squad <laughs> I mean yeah who knows <laughs> yeah because they're so creative that's one of my favorite things about teaching them is giving them the space to tap into their creativity because you don't know what's going to happen <laughs> but it can also be amazing because they can especially with some, um, technical stuff I've been doing. Like it's super simple, like bowing patterns and things. But one of my kids, she came up with like, it's not that difficult, but she was like, can you try this pattern? Can we practice it this way? And I was like, yeah, of course, because it's still good. (laughs) Like you're doing it now on your own. Like I don't have to work as hard.
1: (laughs) lesson go ahead yeah I had one actually uh, one of my private students so just for violin not, not general music uh, Something so we started doing uh, intensive scales and uh, to try to make it a bit more fun I was like okay we need to create like bowings and make them animals I don't know I decided animals he came up with so many things Okay, so now I need I have notes on my phone with the full list of Boeing that he has. And he's like, around, okay, can out. have D-Black major with crocodile mixed with zombie mixed with <laughs> <laughs> and we're just having huge combination of things, but it's hilarious. And it does work because he's doing so much progress.
0: Oh yeah. No, it's if you get the kid um being creative and yeah, just getting so involved with the process, it's like, yeah, this is what music is all about. <laughs> yeah, definitely totally agree. So I guess to kind of wrap up the interview is what is your some rapid fire questions. <laughs> so what is your favorite form of classical music or music in general? Uh,
1: form do do you mean like period oh
0: period or... I mean more like um chamber music or you know, like, oh, I like folk or loop pedal. I've have gotten that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, you won't hear me hear me say that. Uh, for classical music, I would say chamber music. I, I, I can't lie, I'm a sucker of sonatas. I think that's my favorite repertoire, it's just violin sonatas uh, with piano. Um that's where that's why I thrive the most, at least. That's why I feel the most comfortable and confident in concert. Um then, otherwise, I'm quite an old soul. So I, I listen to what could be called old music nowadays. So like The Beatles, Queen, Elton John, all that kind of thing. So I'm not really aware of what is happening right now in <laughs> the music world currently. The only uh, current, I mean, I don't really listen to him, I'm very sorry, but like uh, guy that I know of and that I like what he was doing was Jacob Collier.
0: Oh anyway, yeah,
1: I don't know if you heard about yeah exactly. But yeah. he actually graduated from RAM, so uh, wow. I heard about him like being like, oh, you graduated from the same uni, but you 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 way more successful. Like, what did what did happen? I <laughs> mean, good on him. But yeah, I really like how he's approaching. But this guy is an absolutely, absolute harmony geek. Like, it's crazy to to hear him talk about harmony. I've seen some YouTube videos where I couldn't I couldn't follow from a certain step. I was like, I had no idea what you're talking about. But good, like continue doing what you're doing. So yeah, I would say I really enjoy him. Um, but yeah, chamber music and old, what is it, rock, pop, rock, queen, yeah, beatles, I, so. I don't even know what to call it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's classic rock. So oh, really, okay. Considered that. We well, like queen, <laughs> I think, you know, nobody should ask me cause I'm still like learning
1: all of that stuff. Oh yeah, no, I, would, I, I wouldn't know exactly where, in which box to put it. So <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> I'm so I need to go listen to more of all of it. It's such a good, it's such a good um, genre. And they added so much. Um, they're so well educated on the music back, like in classical music. It's, it's crazy. Anyway.
1: yeah, I, I mean, king all had like crazy degrees. I, th- I yeah. think, uh, um Freddie Mercury had a science degree or something. I like mean, yeah. they, they were all highly educated and yeah. did lots of music studies as well. So yeah, the, I mean that you can fit it in the music anyways and in the lyric writing, but yeah. It's incredible.
0: I, yeah. I love knowing people's backstories by their music yeah, definitely. Um, as your facts definitely show. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite composer? <laughs> Can I say like the, the top
1: three? Yes.
0: Oh, for sure. I know um, it's like a trick question.
1: <laughs> yeah, Brahms, Lisai, mm. and ah, uh, you know, I want to say Look, uh, but I actually don't know a lot of his repertoire. But his violin sonata, God, it gets me every time. Uh, and he's not very well known because he died at twenty four. That's a new musical fact coming for you. Actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, record, I recorded it. I need to do. I need to record the facts where it's coming. Um, but yeah, it's crazy And uh, he was greatly inspired by Frank And he was just hanging out with uh, Isai Frank and all the band of uh, composers Back in the time uh, But yeah, first one I would have to say Brahms Just for the globality of uh, the masterpiece oh, yeah. it's just, And then I don't think there is one piece from Brahms For any instrument, any orchestra That I don't like <laughs> So I would say Brahms
0: Brahms is definitely up there on my Top 10 or top five. I mean,
1: I don't like Prokofiev as well, but oh no, but okay.
0: Anyway, I, I still we're in France,
1: <laughs> Isai and Lecce, because otherwise, so I'm just going
0: to quote. We're just going versus... to slowly spiral into. Exactly like, oh, but there's this. Isn't... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you have any, any organizational tips? Uh,
1: for violin teaching, uh, I'm, I'm the best. I'm way more organized at school than I am in my private teaching. Uh, so, not really. Uh, I mean I keep track of what they're doing obviously I have notes on my phone and uh, then I mean relationship wise with the parents etc what I like to do is always give a feedback after each lesson and give the homeworks I mean for whoever is keen obviously I have some parents who don't care but for the parents who do care I just send pictures with like, highlighting the things that we've been talking about blah 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 blah, blah. Um, but yeah no, organization wise I mean I just know where I want to get them and They generally come to me with already goals of like, oh, I want to achieve grade five uh, at the end of this year, you know, so I'm just going for it and doing anything in my power uh, for it to happen. Um, Then at school, uh, obviously comes all the lesson planning. Which uh, yeah, I must admit, I don't really do for violin. I just see how the lesson go and I decide on the day. Uh, to, I just remind myself what we've been talking about and what we should do. But at school, obviously, I mean, I have 400 children to deal with. So it, it, yeah. it does take a slightly more organization to plan the lesson, to create a scheme of work that goes with the national curriculum, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I would say I'm more organized at school, but then tips by folders. <laughs> Do nice and clear lesson plans, uh, organize your resources, and uh, yeah, I guess that, that that can go for the in teaching as well, if you are an organization, free class, organized by grades and lesson plans, etc. But I, I don't do it as much.
0: I need to organize my musical library and everything still. It's like all oh, yeah. in there, and then I'm like, I learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like okay there should be a more systematic way for approaching everything
1: <laughs> oh yeah no definitely yeah. I mean mine is a mess I, I don't think I've uh, organized it in this sort of ways one day one day it will come <laughs> yes <laughs> same
0: um also so do you have like an actionable tip for people I guess like teaching or you know Instagram or both <laughs> I mean, for teaching,
1: I've, I mean, depends if you are aiming for private teaching. If that is the case, be patient. It takes a lot of time to develop a network, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, and also, like, don't get uh, crossed if you lose a client or something. I, I do believe that for, and I think that works for any kind of industries, you will always be someone's or a firm's fit. And you might not be for a specific type of job or for a person. So you might have, client a customer for uh, two months but then they decide to just go off like don't take it personally that doesn't reput yourself as a teacher you you shouldn't just feel like oh my god i'm a terrible teacher the uh, the, this person is leaving and just ah drama Uh, absolutely not it's just maybe you were not the right fit you don't know what happens behind the scenes financial problems parents separating like god knows and so yeah, I would say that. And for teaching into school, if you are in the UK, do the QTS. That can that that can come handy. Uh, believe me, because now I'm struggling to try to get it. And uh, yeah, and more and foremost, I guess it, it is making sure that you really enjoy it. Because I see so many of my friends doing it just because they have to, <laughs> and they don't actually really enjoy it. And I think you can feel when the teacher is just like, "Oh, I'm 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 here for the cash at the end of the lesson." You you you, you can feel it, you know. So don't force yourself to do anything. There is place for lots of other things, especially nowadays. And Which leads me to Instagram, for example. You could start, uh, yeah, any sort of platform. And there's not only Instagram, there are people on YouTube. You have Twitch now. I mean, I don't know how that works, but certainly you could certainly be introduced on there. Uh, I mean, I don't know I am on Twitch, but I'm sure that certainly some people are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we we are even more with the pandemic now. We're in such an era of technology and where you got really remote, uh, remotely for everything. That if you put all the energy of complaining and not having enough lessons, and not finding a job in trying to be creative and actually producing something nice for yourself, I guess that's when it would work. And I'm not saying that it is easy. I'm the first. I was the first one to be like, "Oh, young Instagram. I'm not going to do that. Ooh, I don't have enough private lessons." But then just make it happen. I know that it sounds like a super like blunt. But I heard overheard advice, like, oh, just make it happen. But it's true, like don't put barriers to yourself. And I mean, I'm going to get a bit more personal, but actually I'm I'm trying to job hunt at the minute. And I realized that I was putting barriers for um other I'm going to say, but like to, to go to other key stages to maybe try to teach secondary or teach on the country lower stages and also i was just thinking you know what that's out of fear just dive in and you'll see what happens and if it's for you it's for you and the door will open and if it's not for you then we just not work and you will know so yeah try things nobody ever died from trying the best at something um and that's what i always tell my kids even when they're petrified at the idea of doing a mistake that's fine uh, and you, i mean we're all here to learn it's not because we are adults that. Uh, it's not allowed to just crash into a wall. Uh, God knows if I had to count every time that happened to me, uh, <laughs> that, that would be depressing. <laughs> so, <Sorry. laughs> so yeah, but, but don't be scared. We we're all alive and well. So try to just find something that will resonate with you and that you think you will enjoy and where you, you can blossom in your
0: creativity. Yeah. Oh, such good advice. <laughs> So, where can people find you online? Uh, so, online,
1: I have my website, but God, it is so long to type that I should try to find another thing. But so, it is all my name and double N E Sophie P H I E. Beranger, so b-e-r-a-n-g-e-r or together.com. and otherwise you can find me on uh, instagram at the real and so because i don't know what the fake one is but i felt the need of creating a real one <laughs> don't ask me why like that's the question where i just don't know i was like that that needs a name and and sophie beranger definitely felt too long so i needed something shorter And uh, I I am on YouTube, but there's nothing interesting there. It's
0: literally just dumping all the videos.
1: (laughs) So better not check that out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been such a pleasure to interview you and talk to you. And I think a lot of people are going to learn a lot of things through this episode about you, but then also just in general, like I learned things too, you know, teaching and putting yourself out there more (laughs) and what your projects (laughs) and what you're doing. (laughs) So thank you so
1: much. Oh, thank you for having me. That was lovely. And it was lovely talking to you again uh, in face to face. So yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Before the Stage podcast. I hope that you enjoyed the show today. Don't miss an episode and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you have any questions or topics for Before the Stage, feel free to write me at at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on the show. Hey there, do you run a podcast? Well, here is a podcast secret you might like. The podcast editors. This team of editors help Before the Stage create this quality content for you. It's a vital part of the podcast team that keeps the show going. If you need help with editing or want one less thing to do with managing a podcast, contact the podcast editors today. Check out their services at thepodcasteditors.net. Also, it will be linked down in the show notes. Thanks for listening.